center field. Gone! A home run for Cruz! And the Twins touch Sabathia for a couple of early bombas. A high fly to right field. Off the bat of Kepler. Gone! A home run! Kepler with his 25th. Deep down the line again. Garver has another. That exited with a little bit more velocity. The fifth solo home run for the Twins. And Garver's second of the night. Yeah, just... Five of the over 200 from the Minnesota Twins last year. And they were all called by Dick Bramer, the play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Twins, since 1982 on television. And we have a chance to chat with Dick Bramer in just one moment. On Sports Talk with Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, and the free KWSN mobile app. Uh, South Dakota has become somewhat of a hot spot for the coronavirus pandemic, and it has made the national news, and measures are being attempted to be made by our mayor. And we've got all the latest information for you at Kello.com, our sister station news talk website, Kello.com. And it's affecting everything going on in sports, but a nice respite since the Major League Baseball season for now, isn't going on. We'd be watching Twins baseball almost every night. And on the weekends, Craig, uh, it has been nice to fill the Twins void for the last couple of weeks for both of us by picking up Dick Bramer's new book, which is called Game Used, My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins. I finished it. Did you finish it? I haven't finished it, but I've, I've read it. I've read uh, probably 60% of it. Um, and I like the way he's put it together. Um, some great stories from uh, uh, where he grew up, where he was born, uh, St. Cloud State. I mean, it, it's been fun. And then the stories that he has shared. You have so many, Dick, and we appreciate you being on the program today. Well, uh, I think in, in doing the book, and uh, you read the book or most of it, you realize how uh, uh, big a part of my life baseball has been. So now here we are in 2020, and we don't have it. And it's... Uh, uh, for baseball fans, whatever level, this has been a really awkward time and certainly an awkward time to re- be releasing a baseball book, but uh, we can't control these things. Well, true, and I think it's a good time. Again, fills a little bit of the void. Uh, what have what have you been up to while you haven't been going to the ballpark every day? Well, uh, I'm like a lot of baseball fans. I've watched a lot of old baseball games, but uh, that isn't quite the same as a live uh, uh, event, obviously. Uh, spent some time here. I pretty much self-quarantined myself since I returned from spring training. Uh, one day has been very much like another. Uh, today, actually, I, I went to Target Field and took part in a COVID-19 uh, research uh, testing uh, program that they uh, have for Twins employees and uh, took the test and uh, found out I, so far, uh, am negative. I haven't um, uh, contracted the virus at, at any level. And uh, so that's uh, anytime you have to go through a finger prick, and that's the highlight of your day. You know your life's not heading in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, and it's oh, go ahead, Craig. When did you decide to write a book, and how long did it take you to put this together? Well, I had to kind of get my arm twisted on it a little bit. About two years ago, Triumph Books out of Chicago uh, approached me about being uh, writing a book and being a part of a series. 
they were doing and they're still doing uh, called If These Walls Could Talk. And they uh, reached out and got a veteran sportscaster from a lot of different markets to write a book, and it was all part of a, a series. And I was really flattered that they uh, were interested uh, in my story. And I thought about it for about a week, and I thought, you know, if I ever do a book, I'd rather it be a standalone book. I'd rather it be a hardcover book. I'd, I'd want to write it myself, you know, have some input into the title and the format and all that. So I very politely and flatteringly uh, declined their uh, interest. Then about two weeks later, they came back and said, okay, we'll, we'll do it your way. You can have this, this, and this. And they basically took away all my objections to not doing the book. So I decided to do it, and I wrote most of it between the 2018 and 2019 season. Dick Bramer, Sports Talk with Craig and John, voice of the Minnesota Twins on television. The book is called Game Used, My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins. By the way, uh, it's hopefully something all of us will get to go through soon, is our own personal tests to, to see if we have coronavirus. That would be good to know. What, what, what's the process like, since you're a rare person who's been through it? Well, then this is not the official test that you would see reported. This is just done for research purposes okay. out of Stanford University. They've got 27 of the major league teams and, you know, thousands of their employees uh, that have kind of partnered on this. And, uh, you know, the the test that I was given, and there there are now and there will be a variety of tests, uh, the, the intent is to find out how many people have the virus without any symptoms okay so that's the objective it's a research testing and but if you take the test and you find out that you've got the antibodies uh that have uh, you know are necessary to combat the virus then you would be one of the you know how many percentage of people out there who've had the virus didn't know it because you didn't have any symptoms and you know you're out communicating uh, you know uh, mixing with other people and uh, are still a threat to infect other people who might have the symptoms. So that's the intent of the test. It's not the official test, but I think what, based on what I uh, went through today, prick your finger, a little blood sample, a little solution, and then there's a, a, a blood scale that shows you whether uh, you have the antibodies uh, that uh, would be needed to combat this virus. I don't have the antibodies, so therefore I have not contracted the virus. Okay. According according to that test, it's good news. Um, and what is your sense in talking with Twins officials? The efforts being made. We've heard about the possible Arizona and Florida leagues sort of thing. Everybody goes down there. Last week it was everybody in Arizona trying to play without any fans, and it's kind of a biodome. What's your sense of where we might be headed with a major league season? Well, there are uh, plenty of options being uh, considered and discussed right now. I think everybody in the game, and, and the fans, I think, would agree with this, too. They they would just love to have the games being played, regardless of where they are, regardless of whether the fans can actually go and attend those games. Just imagine right now, if there was a, tonight, 7 o'clock, a, a Seattle Mariner-Detroit Tiger game uh, that was being played, uh, broadcast live, it would draw probably Super Bowl ratings <laughs> because uh, you know there's so such a pent up demand or oh, desire yeah. at least to 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 watch sporting events, some sporting event live on television. So I, I think that's the end game here to try to get to the point where the games can be played in a safe environment. There very likely won't be fans uh, in attendance, at least in the early going, uh, and then the games would be put on television and radio. 
And uh, that in itself, I think, would be a huge signal that we are taking at least a small step toward normalcy. He's Dick Bramer. It's called Game Used, My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins. We'll tell you how you can get the book. As Dick Bramer joins us here, Sports Talk with Craig and John, 98.1, Fox Sports, 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN, and KWSN.com. Just like me in the old days, uh, we were radio jocks uh, back in the old days. What was your on-air name in uh, radio <laughs> in St. Cloud? I love Well, uh, I worked for a top 40 station, and uh, this is when I was still going to uh, school at St. Cloud State. And they wanted uh, everybody on the air to have a nickname. And I didn't really have one because if you're given the, the birth name of Richard, you've got, you know, like seven different variations of Richard that you can go with anyway. So I never really had a nickname, but they wanted one. And I looked on my shelf in my dorm room, and there was an NFL model football called the Duke. And uh, I absent any other nicknames, uh, I went with the Duke. My air shift was at night, so it was the Duke in the dark. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. And, and I be- thought I'd, to be honest with you, I thought I'd you know put that all in my past, but then somebody came along with Wikipedia and they unearthed oh. all that, and it's been uh, it's had a longer second life than first life. Right. Well, it's an interesting name, and you know, I've, I always find it interesting with those that are named Richard. Why you eventually went with, especially you, a public figure, your name's on TV every night and said over and over again. Why did you go with the nickname you eventually did choose for the career? Well, I, I don't. I've, I've been known as Dick Bramer from the time I was a little boy uh, in high school. For whatever reason, maybe it's because of my brother-in-law. I don't know. I went with Rick. So in the few newspaper clippings that are out there of my uh, uh, basketball playing and and baseball playing uh, in the local papers, I'm known as Rick. But I don't know. It just um, it's 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 there's nothing wrong with the first name of Dick, but some people have a hard time of saying it. And it's created some amusing uh, stories along the way. And some of them are included in the book. Well, one of them I'd like to highlight on is one of the many stories you told about the guy who's been with you for more broadcasts than any of the the many just terrific ball players and personalities you've had the work uh you've had the pleasure to work alongside in almost 40 years of doing twins games on television you had Harmon Killebrew uh you've mentioned Rod Carew there's been Jack Morris and we know Roy Smalley now Justin Morneau but there's Burt Blylevin uh, leads uh, leads the league in reps here and there was one night where you called him a nickname and he threw one right back at you well, uh, it was his very first Twins telecast. He was still living in Anaheim or in California at the time, and he was just doing a handful of games, the ones that we were playing out in California. And I, I, I knew Bert well enough to know that he's a practical joker and a fun-loving guy and kind of a you know, you know, off-color guy, if you will. And so I was a little concerned about you know how this was going to go, you know. Uh, on live television for three hours, got through the pregame, got through the game. Everything's fine. He was really good. He was, you know, fun personality and all that. Couldn't have gone better. And then as we wrap up on camera in the postgame show, uh, I called. I said, you know, I think you did a great job for your first telecast. And for whatever reason, I said, Big Bert. And, of course, that opened the door just a crack for him. And so he (laughs) responded, I thought you did a great job too, Big Dick. And so... 
Well, yeah, that story's in the book, and uh, there are a few other Burt Blyleven stories in there as well. Yeah, one involving uh, something that happened before a game you guys attended together in San Francisco at Candlestick Park uh, sticks out, but um, we'll uh, you know we'll leave that to the imagination and to the book. <laughs> I, have, I mean, I, seriously, I have so many markings in the book. I gave a little bookmark for every page where there was a story. I'm like, oh, that'd be great for people to hear on the air, and we're obviously not going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, it's called Game Used, My Life in Stitches with the Minnesota Twins. It's an autobiography that kind of doubles as Dick Bramer's own personal account of some of the greatest moments in Minnesota Twins history. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in here that you uh, that you wanted to put in that you that you had to leave out. Um, you know what uh, what were the challenges in writing this book? If well, anything. it was kind of my idea to to, to write 108 stories because there are 108 stitches in a baseball, hence the subtitle. And, and overall, I, I wanted the, the readers to get the same impression that hopefully the viewers have gotten all these years. And that is, I take my job very seriously, but I don't take myself very seriously. So I, I was only interested in doing the book if it would be a self-deprecating, uh, hopefully funny book with some of the weird things that have happened to me that have involved Bert or even beforehand. And, and so that's really why I would brought me over the top to go ahead and write the book because I wanted it to be a, a, a funny, entertaining book. And, and I also understand that all of us, you know, even people, my generation, uh, a generation younger than me, two generations younger than me, we all have shorter attention spans than we used to have, or maybe should have, uh, social media has done that to us. It, it's just the way it is. And so I thought if I broke it up into every, you know, every little story, I think the longest one lasts is like two and a half, three pages long. And so you can pick it up, read a couple, put it back down. Hopefully it's a book that is easy to pick up and hard to put down. But I tell people it's not so much a a coffee table book, but a toilet tank book. So (laughs) even if you got just a few minutes, you can spend a couple minutes with my book game used and and hopefully uh, uh, enjoy the stories within and, and in aggregate the book as a whole. I, I would agree. And, uh, Craig, this is another one I have along these lines. Do you remember Stitch 27? Speaking of, uh, because you're kind of a straight-laced guy, and I enjoy these stories that are, uh, or you, I should say, you appear to be, and you do a great job of objectively calling games and being a nice, steady voice. And it's probably why you've, you've maintained your job for so many years. But Stitch 27 is called Triple Extra Innings. It's a story about your parents. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I started with the Twins uh, uh, with an outfit called Spectrum Sports. And uh, they did live Twins and North Star games. And they also had, you know, HBO-type movies. And then at night, starting at 10 o'clock, there's just one signal now, one channel, if you will, scrambled. Uh, They ran pornography. Well, my father uh, was a Lutheran pastor. And they lived in Pelican Rapids and couldn't get this service. It was a metro-only uh, service. And so one time they were coming from Pelican Rapids, going down to St. Louis. They were going to stop at my place. The twins were at home. I was going to do the game. They were going to have their chance to see their son broadcast games, uh, twins games, for the very first time. I was really excited about that. But I forgot about the fact that at 10 o'clock, or whenever the baseball game ended, the channel was going to change to pornography. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the local all, news coming up. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, all my parents had learned about television was at 10 o'clock. Everybody 
had news on. And my father religiously, <laughs> uh, no pun intended, watched the news. And so, long story short, if it's possible, I, I had to call the engineer at Spectrum, explain my dilemma. And once I got to the Metrodome and uh, had the service discontinued, uh, the, the third tier, the pornography, <laughs> discontinued on my service. And I wasn't sure until I got home and saw that the lights were off in my townhome that uh, that all worked fine. And my father never knew that I worked for a channel that also, you know, distributed pornography. That's great. Dick, how nervous were you that very first Twins broadcast over 40 years ago? Well, uh, very nervous. Uh, and, and the way the game played out may have relieved some of the nervousness. Uh, it was the home opener uh, in 1983. And before the Twins came to the plate, uh, Brad Havens, the Twins starting pitcher, had given up six runs to the Tigers in the top of the first inning. So the game was as, as memorable as your first game is. That one was about as forgettable as it could be. But I remember being very nervous, and I remember being even more nervous, if that's possible, the next year when they paired me with Harmon Killebrew uh, as my broadcast partner. But it gave me a start and gave me some experience that, frankly, I didn't have. What a lot of people don't realize, I don't think, is the, the first baseball game I ever did play-by-play uh, of uh, was a major league game. I didn't do any minor league or college baseball at all. And I know it's frustrating even to my son, who's a minor league broadcaster. He's uh, you know been beating the bushes in Biloxi, Mississippi, Colorado Springs, and uh, you know Woodbridge, Virginia. And uh, he's he's broadcast hundreds and hundreds of minor league games, and I never uh, have broadcast one minor league game. Harmon Killebrew definitely had a relaxing uh, aura about him. I interviewed him a couple of times, uh, both times, just a calming effect of that, and uh, he he was awesome. Real quick, I got one more for you here, Dick. Um, you've had to do ball games knowing that. Uh, there were tragedies going on, whether it was 9-11, the 35W bridge collapse, the, the death of Puckett and Killebrew. Which one affected you the most? Well, in terms of getting a, and, and grabbing my emotions, probably when Harmon passed away, when we were in Seattle, um, he and I had lined up lunch. The road trip that started in Seattle ended up in Arizona, and we were going to have lunch. Uh, together while we were in Arizona where Harmon was living and I'd seen him in spring training and he, he, he looked, you know, strong and vibrant, uh, virile and all that. And then of course his, his health quickly deteriorated. We were never able to have lunch, but it was very difficult for me to hold my emotions together because, and it wasn't even so much because he was my broadcast partner, but because he was instrumental as he was for so many of my generation in developing our passion for the game of baseball. He was the man uh, when it came to the Minnesota Twins, and I'm just barely old enough to remember when they came here in 1961, and he was the guy. And just to have you know, Twins territory lose such a wonderful gentleman and such a, a decent human being and, and such an impactful baseball player, that was really tough. But as you mentioned, there have been some other tough broadcasts to get through and uh, so those are, of course, you know, described in the book as well. But uh, speaking of emotions, now whenever we come back, and let's hope it's sooner rather than later, the first game back this year will be a really mm-hmm. challenging um, a, a game to do emotionally because uh, we know how many people have been hurt by this, and we know how many people will continue to be hurt by this. 
in baseball as it did after 9-11, uh, you know, when it resumed, it, 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 it signaled a return to normalcy. And I think we're all, whether you're a sports fan or not, we're all looking for signs of that these days. Right. We won't take it for granted. And, uh, you know, it's, you've been the constant of Twins fans for so long on TV, almost 40 years, and yet you tell stories in this book about how you did or almost lost your job. You did. Uh, you, you almost uh, lost your life. Uh, it's really poignant stuff. Dick Bramer, game used, my life in stitches with the Minnesota Twins. We've heard uh, Killebrew remark here and i can't let you go without hearing about kirby puckett there's two stories and uh, in the book that kind of stitch it together involving your mother but i'll let, I'll, I'll give the floor to you when it comes to just all the time you spent with kirby puckett what he meant to the twins and why he was so beloved well uh he of course was the key player on two world championship teams but beyond that he meant so much to the organization uh when the team was you know, 30 games out of first place in Arlington, Texas in August, and it's 102 degrees out. You'd walk into the clubhouse and you still heard the same laugh. He enjoyed every day at the ballpark. And I considered him a friend and have thought an awful lot about him during the time we're in now without baseball. And the one story in the book that still grabs me when I read it uh, is at his funeral. And I was... Uh, viewing him in the casket and felt a little bit lost because he meant so much, not just to me, but to all Twins fans. And now he was gone, and I felt a little lost. And I felt an arm come across my shoulder, and it was Harmon Killebrew who said, Dick, why don't you come sit with me? And that was a really touching moment for me. And when I read that in the book, I still get a little emotional. That was a, a really wonderful gesture on Harmon's part but here I was. I, I was saying goodbye to one Twins icon and being comforted by another. Mm. What is the What does the game of baseball and getting to broadcast it for a living mean to you? I just I've been so lucky. I you know, you know I talk about it in the book. I got married uh, the afternoon of Game One of the '91 World Series, and you know even my personal life has been impacted by baseball because at the reception we were all watching the World <laughs> Series game. You know. And the honeymoon was dominated by watching the games when they were in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I've just really been lucky, not only guys to, to do what I get a chance to do, and this is a really, you know, small group of people that get to do what I get to do for a living, but I've been able to do it where I grew up for the team that I followed as a kid. And, and you know, within that small group, there's just a sp- very small subset of people who get a chance to do what I've been able to do now for almost 40 years, and that is, you know, get paid to go to the games of the team I would I would have paid to go to anyway. It's, it's just been an, a, a delight, a joy ride. Um, I'd like to keep doing it for a few more years. Somebody asked me the other day how long I want to go, and I, I, I think this is probably uh, the maximum I'd want to go. Herb Carneal went for 45 years as the voice of the Twins on radio. I want to go 44. Mm. I want to do one less than Herb to leave him oh. on the top oh. on the top of the mountain. There you go. Well, you're certainly on your way. And I know you're not going to tell us who your favorite broadcast partner has been because you, you wrote as much in the book, but you had lots of good stories about all of them. Uh, do you have a favorite moment, like the absolute one, either that you absolutely nailed or just, um, you know, that sticks out? Well, the game that always stands out for me, and you have to understand 37 years of doing this, and I 
still haven't done one postseason inning right. because the lot of life uh, of, of, of a you know local TV guys you get kicked to the curb come the postseason. But the game that stands out is the final home game of '87 when the Twins clinched a tie for the American League West title. Uh, because when I started with this club, you know they were off the radar map, uh, radar screen for everybody. And to see how the fans responded, to see how the players responded to which was, you know, just a wonderful love affair through September and October. And to see the team win the World Series, the the first time it really hit me was when they they clinched a tie at home. I was able to do that game on a Sunday afternoon against Kansas City. And that's the game that really stands out. Mm Well, we appreciate your time. There's so much to tell in this book. It was so, so enjoyable to read, and I, you know, I kind of was like Howard Stern before he gets ready for an interview. I just was so, what, what am I going to ask? What are we? What am I going to ask about this or that? I know Craig was going through this. It was, but I, what I expected was this to be an enjoyable conversation, and it was great to finally have you on. And we'd love to chat with you again, Dick. Hopefully, when baseball's up and running. Well, thank you very much, guys. And I do want to tell the fans who are interested in the book: you might have to be patient. Uh, I believe that, that Barnes and Noble in Sioux Falls is open, but I know they're, uh, at least online, they don't list the book as being in stock. Uh, Amazon has been most of the last two weeks, they've been out of stock with the book. Uh, but, uh, just be patient and eventually, hopefully, uh, everything will loosen up, including the bookstores will be opening up and it'll be easier to distribute things. Nice. Thanks, Dick. Appreciate the time. All right. You got it. There he is, Dick Bramer, Craig. It's good, it yeah. is. Uh, it is good. Uh, I, I've been through most of it, and there are. It's a, kind of a book I like. It's the quick stories, and I love the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, it's just I love oh, that kind of stuff. Oh, it's and, great. And, I mean, and Dick did a great job in the books. So yeah, it really makes you laugh. He's right. It's self-deprecating and uh, gives you a glimpse into a guy who's just been a steady voice in our lives. I tried to think about this as I read the book and thought about the interview. You know, I mean, you and I both grew, grew up with whoever we thought were the iconic announcers of the time uh, that made us want to get into calling games and, and being on radio or TV for a living. And for me, it was Husker football guys. Kent Pavelka chiefly was the, their voice when I was growing up. But, Craig, I, I don't know if I've ever listened to more of anyone announcer than Dick Bramer by sheer volume of games and all these seasons spent covering and watching the Minnesota Twins every night or almost every night of the summer. Probably heard more of him than anybody else. Well, and let's face it, he's been through some really yeah. bad seasons, too. Yeah. And he's, he's gotten through it, and he's had some great memories. Yeah. And tell you what, all, just think of all the players that he's been able to yeah. come into contact over the past 40 years with the Twins. Yeah. He handles those lean years, by the way. He's got great memories of all the great years and the big games, but he handles the lean years pretty well, I thought, as well. Plenty of stories to tell from those days. It is Craig and John. Thanks to Dick Bramer. And uh, you'll hear stories from Sage Rosenfels about the 2009 Vikings. And a couple more from Bryant McKinney as they were featured on Monday Night Football last night. It's Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN.com. Can't hear the show on the radio? No problem. We're always live at KWSN.com and on the free, easy-to-download KWSN mobile app.